we're holding in the Tzemach Tzedek story. Um, about uh, little Menachem Mendel living in his grandfather's room after his mother passing. So three months before Menachem Mendel's fourth birthday, the Alter, the Alter Rebbe said a mimer on the words, The world stands on three things. And the Hasidim felt that they didn't understand it properly. So... They asked the Alter Rebbe son, Harav Doiber, to request that his father should give a review. The Alter Rebbe agreed, but the condition was that only 30 people would be allowed into his room for the review, and which would take place Tuesday morning after Shachris. Now, Rebbe Isaac Humler, who we spoke about this morning, was one of the younger students at the time of the Alter Rebbe, and he was he was hesitant. He didn't he wasn't he was he didn't really want to go into the Rebbe's room. There was a whole bunch of Alter Chasidim there, so he decided he's gonna stay outside. So suddenly he hears the Alter Rebbe saying, Who's outside in the hallway? And the Chasidim answered, Oh, it's a younger man, a young guy. And to Rabbi Isaac's surprise, the Alter Rebbe instructed that they should tell him to come in, and he said, From a younger man? comes an Elter HaChassid. Meaning now he's a younger man, eventually he'll grow older. Rabbi Isaac enters the room and he stood in the last row and the Alter Rebbe starts to give the review of the Mimer. And all of a sudden he felt someone pushing against his legs and when he looks down he sees it's three-year-old Menachem Mendel. He's trying to get closer to hear the Mimer that is Zaidi is saying. And in his mind, Rabbi Isaac sees this. He goes, there's no way a three-year-old understands what's going on. And he thinks, oh, he's just uh, getting involved in one of his games or something. So Rabbi Isaac tried to think of the best way to tell the Rebbe's grandson that now is not the time that you should be playing games. The Rebbe is saying a mimer. But suddenly, now this is all going on in his mind, in Rabbi Isaac Kumler's mind. But suddenly, to everyone's astonishment, and before Rabbi Isaac could even say anything to the child... The Alter Rebbe stops in the middle of the mimer and he says, leave him, leave him. He wants to hear. He hears. And you will see that he hears. And then he continued the mimer as Rabbi Isaac moved aside to let the young boy through. Now, when the Hasidim reviewed the mimer, they were like, okay, the Alter Rebbe started the mimer and then smack in the middle, in the middle of the mimer, he says this, leave him, leave him. He wants to hear. You'll see that he hears. What, what is that supposed to mean? Because they did Now, Rabbi Isaac Humbler obviously knew who the Rebbe was talking to, was talking to him. But they couldn't figure out what, what that's supposed to mean. Now, they, they thought maybe it probably refers to the Tzemach Tzedek, well, little Menachem Mendel at the time, but they didn't have a clue what, what the words meant. You'll see that he hears. Now, Rabbi Isaac didn't want to say anything. <laughs> that the Alter Rebbe was talking to him, because obviously he was wrong for thinking that. Um, especially because even he, even though he knew exactly what the Alter Rebbe was referring to, he didn't understand the last part, you'll see that he hears. Years later, Rabbi Isaac Kamler said, these words were, were a mystery to me. And only when, 34 years later, when Harav Menachem Mendel, the Rebbe the Tzamech Tzedek, became Rebbe, 
that I understand the Alter Rebbe's words, and we'll get to that story later. How he understood. Sometime, moving on to the next story, sometime after Rebetzin Devorlea's passing, with the Alter Rebbe's encouragement, Menachem Mendel's father, Reb Shalom Shachna, remarried. So now that Tzemach Tzedek had a stepmother. His second wife, Rivka, was the daughter of the Tzadik, Reb Aaron of Karlin. Reb Aaron Karliner. Tremendous Tzadik. And they decided that he's going to move to Karlin, to move to the father-in-law city. Now obviously, as the boy's father, Reb Shalom Shachna, wanted to take his son with him. However, after some serious thought and discussion with the Alter Rebbe, he decided that Menachem Mendel would remain with the Alter Rebbe. Now, this is a very difficult decision. Imagine you're the father and you hear you're not gonna, your son's not going to be living with you. It's not like your son's 18 years old. He's a four-year-old boy. But at the end of the day, the Alter Rebbe said, your wife, my daughter, prom- she made me promise right before she passed away that I am going to be the one to raise her son. I have no choice. <clears throat> and for that reason, by the way, that until he got married, that Samach Tzedek was always under the Alter Rebbe's talis. Even when his father was in town, when it came for Birkas Kainim, he went under his Zaydi's talis. Now, Reb Shalom Shachna would visit his son often, and he remained very close to the Alter Rebbe. And he was actually very instrumental, years later, a few years later, to get the printing of the Tanya done. In, in 1796, and other activities of the Rebbe that he was involved in. But sadly, he also did not live a long life. And he passed away around 1805, or, or some people say even earlier, when his son, Menachem Mendel, was only 16 years old. And maybe it's possible it was even a few years earlier than that. Now, now this is based off the fact that the Tzemach Tzedek's oldest son... Harav Baruch Shalom was born on Chaf Dalid Cheshvan 1805, and he was named Baruch after the Alter Rebbe's father, and Shalom was after Reb Shalom Shachna. So obviously it was around that time that he was the Stali. Okay, so now we're moving on to the engagement of the Tzemach So in 1798, when Menachem Mendel was only eight years old, he was already very advanced in his learning. Um, in fact, he was learning Gemara and the Mepharshim on his own. And he was able to understand how it applied to actual halacha, which is something even adults don't even understand. The Alter Rebbe, he praised his many fine qualities, along with his tremendous knowledge and understanding. And he, he mentioned this to his son, Harav Doibber, and he finished, I think, you should take him as a chassan for your daughter, Chaya Mushka. And Harav Doibber recognized that his nephew was a genius. However, he, who worked very hard on himself, as we know from the, all the stories of the Mitla Rebbe, he was unimpressed that he sees the Menachem Mendel playing games a lot, and he tells his father that he's not so sure. And just then, by Ashkach Pratis, the Alter Rebbe and Harav Doibber, they spotted... Menachem Mendel through the window. And he was playing outside with some other boys. 
with a, he had a stick in his hand and he was waving it in the air like a whip as if he was like driving a wagon and the horses were some of, uh, none other than some of the, the boys. He was playing with a bunch of boys. And Harav Doivber's smile said it all. He looks at his father and he goes, Tati, now you see why I don't think he's a good shidduch for my daughter. The Alter Rebbe knocks on the window and motioned to his grandson, you know, get in here. I want to speak with you. And when the eight-year-old Menachem Mendel comes in, going into the Rebbe's room, you have to stand straight, you know, fear, yida, pachad, and waiting to hear what his grandfather is going to say. And he points to a page in front of him, page of Gemara, and the Alter Rebbe says, Mendel, I want you to learn this page of Gemara with the Mepharshim. In a half hour, come back to me and I'm going to test you. And the young boy left, and his uh, grandfather and uncle, the Altareb and the middle Rebbe, they continue discussing other things. After 10 or 15 minutes, Harav Daivber looks out the window, and he sees his nephew again playing outside with the other boys. And thinking that this is going to be it, I'm going to be able to tell my father that this is not a good shidduch. So he points to the boy's behavior to the Altareb, and he says, See, he doesn't even listen to you. You told him to go learn that page of Gemara and come back in a half hour. Meanwhile, he's playing outside. Now the Rebbe goes to the window, taps on the window, says, get in here, to his grandson. Again, he comes in, he stops what he's doing. So the Rebbe called me. Right, you go in, stand straight in front of the Rebbe. And the Alta Rebbe says, didn't I instruct you to review that page of Gemara and then get tested on it? So respectfully, Menachem Mendel answered back, well, I already finished learning it, but you said come back in a half hour. So I was waiting for a half hour to pass. I, it's not my fault, you know. He didn't say, come when I finish. He said, come back in a half hour. And the Alter Rebbe says, okay, let's test you on it. And right then and there, um, the Alter Rebbe tested him. And the Alter Rebbe tested him. And uh, Haraf Doivre was sitting there listening in, astounded that in, in less, in, in 10, 15 minutes, he was able to learn a whole page of Gemara with all the Mepharshim, like, and, and not make any mistakes. And he was answering the questions beautifully. And when, when Menachem Mendel left, the Alter Rebbe looks at his son as if to say, no, what do you have to say now? And Harav Doiber admitted that he had underestimated his nephew's uh, greatness. And, and now he's very much desired to have him as a son-in-law. Shortly afterwards, they celebrated the engagement. So back then, the way it used to work was you get engaged way before the wedding. And then you, you, know, you make a date when the wedding's going to happen in six years from now, seven years from now. So shortly, um, now during the, the festivities, as was the Minug, each side spoke about its yichus. So Harav Doivber said to his father, I am greater than you because I have a father who's a Rebbe. And you do not. Meaning, as, as great as your father is, as great as Reb Baruch is, he's not a Rebbe. And Alter Rebbe, who was representing the side of the Chassan, said, No, Fakert, I'm greater than you. Because I have a son who's going to be a Rebbe, and you don't have a son who's going to be a Rebbe. <laughs> Basically, he was hinting that the Tzemach Tzedek is going to be the third Rebbe. And also that the next Rebbe is going to be Harav Doiber. So that was the engagement. We're now going to move on to his Mesiris Nefesh for Hasidus. We have a, we have a lot of stories um, that show us the Mesiris Nefesh that he had.
in order to learn. So the first few months in the year 1798 was uh, very traumatic for the Alter Rebbe and Olaf Hasidim. That was the year that the Alter Rebbe. We'll see. We'll get there. Years later, Menachem Mendel said that on Rosh Hashanah that year, when he was standing under his grandfather's palace for Birkas Kainim, he sensed that the way that the Rebbe conducted himself, that something was terribly wrong. And Taka, three weeks later during Sukkot, it became known that soldiers were preparing to arrest the Alter Rebbe. Now, on the day after Sukkot, it was Isru Chag. The Alter Rebbe was, in fact, arrested, as we know. And because he was like a father to Menachem Mendel, it affected the boy a lot. And when the youngster was informed two months later that his grandfather was freed, his happiness was through the roof. And then when the Alter Rebbe actually returned home, and there, because again, while the Alter Rebbe was arrested, obviously he was not able to learn with his grandfather the way he was supposed to, then he was even happier than before. <clears throat> During one of the first learning sessions after his return, the Alter Rebbe said a mimer just for his grandson. Few weeks later, the Alter Rebbe began saying Maimarim privately on Friday nights for a select group of people. So there were his sons, Harav Doiber, Reb Chaim Avram, Reb Moshe, and a select group of Hasidim. So he said, for example, Reb Aaron Strashella was one of those Hasidim. Anyways, nine-year-old Menachem Mendel, he begs with his, his grandfather that he also wants to listen in on the Maimarim, just like he was allowed to hear Maimarim when he was already from the age of three. But his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, refused. And Menachem Mendel wasn't going uh, to allow his desire to hear Hasidus to be stopped. And he didn't rest until he found the perfect place that he could listen to the Maimarim without anyone realizing it. In the room, next to the Alter Rebbe's room, stood a large oven that basically had two purposes. Number one was to cook food. Uh, that's obviously an oven, right? But it was also used on cold nights. They would, they would heat up the house with it. The back grill of this oven was part of the wall that the Alter Rebbe said, uh, part of the room where the Alter Rebbe said, Maimarim, that, that was going to be said in that room. And Menachem Mendel realized if he goes into the oven, the oven was huge, right? So he can climb in. No one's going to think to look for him in the oven. And through the vents in the grill, he'd be able to hear everything. And to his delight, this secret worked perfectly for a few weeks. And then one Friday night, after he crawled into the oven, into the stove, and his grandfather started speaking, the, the Goyesha caretaker started putting wood into the oven. Now, thinking that the caretaker was only preparing the stove for, for future use, so he just stayed there quietly, and he said, oh, when, when the guy leaves, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll knock the wood out of the way, and then I'll leave. Because he didn't want to be discovered. He wants to finish the, hearing the whole mimer. But the Goyesha caretaker then starts to light the wood on fire to heat up the house. And since Menachem Mendel's body, because he was there, prevented the pieces of wood from going all the way to the back of the stove, so the caretaker just left him closer to the door of the furnace. He, didn't, he said something's there blocking whatever, he'll deal with it later. And opening the, the pipe of the chimney, he, he lit the wood and the fire starts flaming up. And suddenly to the caretaker's astonishment and horror, the door to the stove bursts open and pieces of burning wood go flying in all directions. And the caretaker yells because he, like, oh, this is not normal to see wood just flying out of the oven. And everyone rushes into the room to see what happened. 
you know, what's going on? And the room was covered in smoke, lumps of coal, smoking firewood all over. And it took them some time to see through all the smoke. And when the smoke went away a little bit, their breath was taken away by what they saw on the floor of the furnace lay a young child. And we will continue the story tomorrow.